If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. How was you guys' weekend? Did you guys do anything? Yeah. I had a crazy weekend. I saw that you had your boy do the uh, the robot games or whatever the fuck. Lego Robotics, oh, dude. dude. So cool, man. Is that, mean, is that is that outside of uh, the school or is that how does that work? That, it's, I didn't it's have an, anything cool like that growing up. Well, they didn't have fucking, I don't think they had it when we were kids, right? Yeah. I don't think they had this uh, kind of Lego Robotics, but it's, um, it's an extracurricular activity, um, but it's definitely science and programming based. And so what they do is they put together, they're given a task um, and, and they have to, compete in teams and the tasks you know involve lifting objects moving objects and objects in particular areas that are designated uh, maneuvering around objects and so there's different different tasks they all have points if you touch your robot while it's doing it they remove points so there's all these different ways to get penalties you can in between tasks you can change the attachments on your robots hit a new program and let it go out so it's pretty awesome. These kids have to really get in there with the programming and the ingenuity with uh, designing the robots. So it was a lot of fun to watch. So my son did this last year when he was in fifth grade. And they went, and I had no idea what to expect last year, right? So no idea. So we go to this big tournament, and I'm, I, you know, I, I went to some of his practices, but I didn't know what these things looked like. Damn, they have practices for it and everything? Well, I mean, you can't just so they, program. So you, they, you have to program out and you know figure. You have to write your programs and stuff and design say. your robots, and then you go. You take your robot with its programs to these competitions. So they actually code everything. Or they're is coding it part of a program that they just. They're coding. Okay, cool. That so so let's say you know your your one of the tasks is, you know, your robot needs to move this, and it'll be like a theme. So it needs to move this shark into safe waters but it has to go over this this particular obstacle and around this other one and unlock this door or whatever so you have to figure out how to number one build your robot so that it can do those things and then how to program it because it has to be autonomous you have to push a button and it goes you can't touch it wow yeah so so i had fucking cool so i had no idea what to expect last year and they were the youngest team by far because it goes all the way up to like i think senior in high school and then there's other competitions for older if i'm not mistaken god i bet it's just like full of little nerds (laughs) dude (laughs) so that's the thing right so we go leaders of our world that's it you're right i'm looking at ceos right here that's all the fucking so we go and you have different grades competing in the same competition so you know here's these little fifth graders competing against eighth and ninth graders oh wow really and they they didn't do well at all in the competition aspect of it, but they had they had shown such amazing teamwork and enthusiasm. The such, coaches loved them so much. Good, so good for him to be, Dude. be doing that with older kids yeah. and smart like that. That's so last awesome. year they won an award, the judges award. Exciting. This year they actually qualified for the regionals. But the thing that I noticed is like I'm I'm walking around this 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 tournament and it's like the parents are all like super brains, right? Like it's like sports, but for yeah. You know, nerds, right? Yeah. Which is great because I'm like, fuck, this is going to be totally cool for his employment, you know, opportunities in the future. And he loves it. He loves doing it. I get so into it, dude. You should hear me like yelling and freaking out and getting all excited. <laughs> it's fucking go, awesome. Go, robot, go. Dude, you should. It's <laughs> He's fucking. He's got a little fucking number one foam hand, you know. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's so awesome, right? So there was this one. Yeah, we we got to get you one of those. The, the the bumper sticker for your car says my my kid beats your kid at robotics <laughs> yeah, or whatever like that. Yeah. So so here's a, so you just check, coded the fuck out of that. There was this so here's the thing this thing that happened and by the way you'll encounter this when you have kids if you ever have kids where you know it's challenging because you don't want to 
uh, impose, you know, on your kid what you think they need to be or whatever. You want to oh kind of let God. them grow or Let's whatever. Let's talk about this. Yeah, I got a so story. I know you have a story, right? So I'm uh, so I'm watching them. They did their first round. They did a practice round. Then they did their first round. So they do three rounds within this competition, and the top score is the one that they keep. So the first round they come out and they fucking kill it. They only have one penalty, and they were first place among all the teams. So we're super like pumped. Like this is crazy. Like last year. They did so poorly in, in that particular event. This year, they killed it. So we're super excited. The kids are excited. Uh, and it, these tournaments are long, by the way. You get there at 8 a.m. You don't leave till like 6 p.m. So other teams are going up. And then this other team comes up. And it's this team of fucking engineers. Okay? Like, all their dads are super engineers. They have their computers out there tweaking everything. My kids' team, like, none of us know shit about <laughs> this kind of stuff. It's basically the kids doing the work. Uh, not to not to downplay, you know, or, or make the other team seem like they had an unfair advantage. That's just the way it is. This other team did better than they did. So our 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 kids come out, see the score, and see now they're in second place. So they have two options now. Option one, they can stick with their original program that they did, um, but make but try to do even a little bit better and squeeze out some extra points and go the safe route, or throw in an extra maneuver, which is very risky. Which, if they execute, will put them in first place. But if they fail, they'll fucking tank, right? So I'm not saying shit. I want to see what these kids come up with. Now, I know that strategy is, look, it doesn't really matter because you already hit your, your high score in your first round. You're pretty much guaranteed second place anyway. Mm-hmm. Going forward, you should just take a chance. That's in my mind. Like, go, go for it. it doesn't, you got nothing to lose. Even if you go zero, you still got that first score, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I want to see what the kids had to say. And, you know, it's embarrassing. You don't want to go out, try a new maneuver. You're not trying to influence it. You don't want to go out, do a new maneuver, and just fuck up everything because you got all these people watching. So these kids are, like, kind of stressed out about it, right? So they're like, we want to go, no, 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 we'll, we'll do what we did last time. We'll just do what we did last time. The other one's, you know, real difficult. And, I'm, you know, I'm talking to my son about it. And then my son goes over to him and he's like, guys, let's go for the hard one. He goes, let's just go for it. He goes, you know, we're going to, let's do it. I think we can win if we go for it. And I can't, I'm listening to him try and talk them into going for the extra, you know, the extra mile, that extra maneuver, the risky. What's, what's our, is there a teacher or a coach for them? Or like, how does that? Is there is, but she's very hands off at this point. She wants the team to decide like what to do. Well, and, okay. Which I enjoy. I like seeing that. Now, uh, at the end of the day, they ended up not going with it because there were some changes in the, uh, in the actual, um, uh, not the arena, but the, 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 the obstacles and stuff that they had to go through and whatever. But to see my kid and these kids, want to push for that because then all of them were pushing for it to 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 take that risk man i was so fucking proud to see that yeah it's so cool, yeah. fucking proud but anyway long story short they they qualified for regional so we'll be doing regional competition soon oh pretty well, exciting stuff go back again then huh we're gonna go back again and then if they do well in regionals then they do nationals and uh it's a big deal i think like first place in these you get like a lot of money for scholarships and you get recognized by big corporations and companies, computer companies. Some of these kids that do real well, I mean, I'll tell you what, the last time, the last tournament we went to, there were some kids doing just presentations. They weren't in the competition, but they were presenting like their their robots that they programmed and shit. And there was this all girls team from one of the high schools. So it was like four girls. They had designed this entire, this massive robot to do all these different tasks. They, they programmed the whole fucking thing themselves. They're all like 15 years old. They're kids. Wow. And they're waiting for adults to come up and then they'll sit down. You know, when you go up and look at it, they'll be like, would you like me to explain how this works? I'm like, sure. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, fuck, I'm looking at like, whoa, <laughs> like future fucking leaders, man. Right. It's really fucking awesome. But yeah, you got to watch your kid, watching your kid do sports or competition or whatever. It really challenges you 
to um, because you don't want to be that parent. You know what I mean? You don't want to be that parent that makes your kid feel shitty because they're not into what you're into or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I know you said you had something. Yeah. Well, I mean, totally different kind of scenario as far as that's concerned. Like I had to, I had to really pull back as far as like a lot of my intention, you know, to get my son into sports and what it was that really drove me when I played sports and, and you know, what I got out of it is like completely, I wouldn't say completely different because he enjoys it, you know, and he likes, he likes the camaraderie and he really likes hanging out with his friends. Um, but there's, <laughs> there's a competitive component there that whether I like it or not, if I'm on the sidelines, like I'm like on whatever he's doing, I'm watching him and I'm like trying to, trying my hardest not to just like yell and coach and like give, give techniques and, you know, advice and, and, you know, and and just like sort of inject myself and project myself into him. So you want him to be like super aggressive, competitive. I just want him to go for the ball. Fuck. Which, which which son (laughs) is this? Which son is this? This is my oldest. Oh, your oldest. Yeah. So he, um, and, and I have him in Taekwondo and he does really well in that because, um, there's a lot of like one-on-one direction and uh, uh, like attention as far as that's concerned. And plus he kind of enjoys it cause it's, I don't know, it's a different speed, but uh, like a lot of his friends play soccer and like, I was actually what, what was crazy for me. Cause I had to like help coach one of the games. And uh, I realized like once I got like involved you know, how like crazy I could get because like uh, that competitiveness about me, I haven't really expressed that much, but like when I was there, I was like watching him just like, you know, I gave him coaching points and I'm telling him what to do and all this stuff. And then he's just like, you know, chilling and like, like sitting there and then he just kind of shuffles back and forth and doesn't go for the ball and just kind of watches it go in the, in, into the goal. And I'm just like, ah, (laughs) like, like kick the ball. (laughs) I'm just like losing my damn mind, you know? And, and I just like, I was like, oh my God, I have to like focus on something else. I was like, okay. And I just remember, cause there's like one kid's like, he's the stud. He's, he's the one on the team that just fucking you get you get him in there you know he's gonna score goals and like keep us in the game and so you know i'm like trying to kind of coach him a little bit more and be like okay good job you know good effort you know like like, you're trying or whatever and it's just like so hard for me because like you know like i was the kid that was on the team that was like i wanted the ball always i always wanted to score i was like like that was like everything to me you know and so i just i've really had to reevaluate like you know, my influence and me being there, like how I need to like, how I need to present myself. So I don't like discourage him or like make it a, like, like a horrible experience for him. Cause I really do want him to enjoy it and like move around and like get like, and he slowly kind of got better. Like as far as, you know, going for the ball and like being a little bit more into the game, but like, Oh my God. It's like, (laughs) it's like, like I start laughing because I was like, Oh my God, this is like, I can't even handle this. Like I had to like go like leave and go to the bathroom for a minute. Cause I was just stressing out and like, it makes you punching myself. It makes you grow as a, as a parent. I'll tell you what I had. a uh, So I had a total learning experience from this weekend, watching my kid do this robotics tournament. I was talking to, you know, uh, to Jessica about this and, um, you know, we were talking about how, Really, what what you get out of these things that you do as a kid has not has, has less to do with what you're doing, and more to do with 
the passion that is behind it. So when a child does something that they're really passionate about, it doesn't matter if it's piano, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, soccer, taekwondo, Lego robotics, whatever, what they get out of it is because of that passion. And that will, not only they'll succeed at what they're doing or do better at it, but it's it's how much they can apply themselves because they're really into it. Mm. And uh, I know that I make my kids do certain things because I want them to do it. Mm-hmm. And my kids want to please me because, you know, I'm dad, right? They want to, they want to make their dad happy, but they're not super into it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I see mm-hmm. them. They're not. They're there because they like their friends or whatever, but they're not super new. But, but you then, still want to challenge them too, as a parent. You want to put. Them you want to expose them. Ex- exactly. You want to expose them. But then when I see them doing something that they're really into, it's an entirely different thing. So, oh, yeah. and it's like I want you know, as a dad, you 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 just want them to do what you did, right? So I'm like, I want you to be passionate about this particular thing, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not, and you have to check that. You have to put that aside because. What they're the benefit that they're going to get from what they're doing has it doesn't necessarily have to do with what they're doing as much as it has to do with how they do it, how they do it, and the process and the passion that they have behind it. And really, as a parent, one thing I've learned is you got to kind of get behind it, even mm-hmm. if it's not your thing. Like you know, like yeah, I look, I, I consider myself a big a big nerd too, but I'm not in the programming sense. That I don't get. That's not my thing. Like I like learning things, like speaking. But to see my kid really get behind that and me get excited about about the fact that he's really into it, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I saw I saw so much benefit in that versus like if I would put him in something else that he wasn't super into. Oh, of course, well, you know I what think, I'm saying. I think I'm still trying to find that. I know he's like he may do well in that arena, and I, I'm I'm gonna explore that next. And I, and you know I think there's the side of also having the fitness background and all this that you know is really crucial for me to to you know sort of. Uh, implement movement and, and make that a priority in his schedule and his life. And so, you know, I'm definitely open to uh, moving around and trying different things that, that, that are going to resonate better. He definitely enjoys what he, you know, what he does. It's just that he experiences it in a different way than I did. Mm-hmm. Well, so can you tell a difference between the two? Like is, is one of oh, them? Yeah. yeah. Big difference. Really? Yeah. My youngest is going to be like this maniac. Like he's he's ready. He's like he's just this like bull in a china shop. You know, he's, he's ready to <laughs> he's, destroy everything. You mean he's you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's good. He's, f- physically, he's just like me. And I like, think that was my his personality. But like his, um, like he did, like it's weird because then my oldest looks just like me. Yeah, but, but he's like completely the opposite. You know, he's like or he's like more like my wife's. You know, personality as far as the competitive nature and all that. He doesn't really have. But, you know, my youngest, he's, he's a maniac. One thing, too, you want to be careful for um, is, because I experienced this as a kid myself, is when you say things like that, like uh, if you're talking to your kids or in front of your kids, you're like, oh, this one's a lot like me. No, and this yeah, one's I don't not say like any me. Of that stuff. The no. reason, it, I'll tell you why, because oh, it's yeah, innocent. To, it's totally innocent, right? There's, yeah. You're not saying anything bad. In fact, I mean, obviously, I know you as a person. You don't love one more than the other or like one more than the other. You're just being. You're just talking about their personality. No, there's just differences. But if the child idolizes you, like let's say one, let's say your your boy idolizes you, but he hears you saying that he's not like you. Yeah. Um. Then that can be something that you know right. is That's a challenge. Right. Yeah. For you wouldn't say that. N- no. You, what you want to do is you want to talk about the things that they have in common with you to, in front of them because especially if they idolize you and yeah. boys will idolize their fathers. You know, you're their male role model and. You know, they want to be like you, even if they're not, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. for me in fitness, my father was very physical, very strong, uh, very athletic. I wasn't. 
And so that was one of my challenges. And my dad was a fantastic dad. I just, you know, without knowing, you would hear him say things like, oh, my boy over here, he's a lot like me. My son over here, he's, he's more into books and stuff like that. And I'd be like, fuck, I don't want to be in a, I want to be like my dad. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's funny, you know, how challenging it can be to be a fucking parent. Oh, uh, dude. Even if you love the hell out of your kids, you know. Oh, of course. And, but, and, and I, that's why, you know, you want to bury yourself into what what they're passionate about for sure. That's it. You just, you just become that as well. So it's not like it's a difference. Like I, I will totally become, you know, a part of that. And that's also too, like we're, we're actually looking from Taekwondo. Now I'm actually going to try and do jujitsu with him. And so like, I don't know how to do it, but I wanted to, to see if that maybe is something that we both could like, you know, sort of experience from the ground up. So exactly. Anyway, what the, Ooh, it's the father bird. <laughs> Today's Quaw is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. First question is from Hope Granger. I follow only two fitness groups. One is Mind Pump, who I love to bits and tell everybody about. Best thing ever. What do you do when your other favorite fitness personalities that you have followed for over five years sells their souls to big fitness corporate <laughs> products? Whoa! <et> cetera. <laughs> <laughs> two things come sell their soul. Huh? Two things come to mind when I when I read this question because um, I don't know who they're talking about besides us. But two things come to mind. Number one, I know, I'm trying to think who just recently. Well, number one, there mm. are people who definitely sell their, you know, sell out. Okay. There's definitely those people who start up, you know, grassroots, they have a message and then they tend to sell out, uh, to corporate interest or business or whatever. But I also think that sometimes we, you know, we judge people because they grow. Let me explain. Like it reminds me of like, uh, like that garage band, Oh, totally. you know, yeah, or I that know where you're going with it. Yeah. Where they're like, Oh man, I used to listen to that band back when they were small and doing yeah. like, then they signed with a big label and everybody, all the people hate yeah, it. And now they sold out and it's like, they're still making good fucking music. They just got big. And now you, because you're the kind of person somebody that else producing. It. Yeah. You're the kind of person that feels like you only want to be a part of the thing that nobody knows about. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, you know, I know this one. I do this one thing that nobody talks about and, and that makes it cool. Now that everybody knows about it, you want to do it anymore. So sometimes I think it's that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but there are people who I think, uh, definitely, definitely people sell out. I mean, you know, Mind Pump is very careful with uh, the how we present our information. We're very, very careful in constantly checking ourselves and our egos because I, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you, as you grow, as you, you know, we started off with our message of zero fucks, right? That was our message. We're going we're gonna to call it out like it is. We're going to be true to who we are. And then we've grew. We grew very big, gotten lots of notoriety. People, you know, consider us authorities. And your ego constantly wants to grow. It constantly wants to get big. Your head wants to get big. You want to, you know, change the way you do things now because now you got to be serious about what you're doing. But we're really good at, at trying to check ourselves constantly. And I think that's what it takes. You know what I mean? You have to, it's going to, you got to constantly check yourself to, to stay true to who you are. Because, you know, for two things, number one, integrity, you know, integrity is something that's pretty rare in 
uh, in fitness, especially with fitness celebrities. Um, in, in particular, you know, I can speak of one with a with a PhD. He likes to talk about his PhD all the time. Who's got zero integrity? Mm. Um, to, we're, no, we're talking about Jim Stepani, who constantly <laughs> says stupid yeah. shit um, and um, won't even mention the word mind pump. Anyway, I'm not going to go go on that. A little irritated with him lately. <laughs> I was going to say, bro. He's yeah. a, I'm not going to mention him. It's not even a waste but, of your breath. Yeah, Jim Stepani. Yeah, 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 but yeah. but uh, but you know, uh, integrity's rare. But you know, we want to always maintain our integrity. Number two, we built our audience on being real. And I think the second we aren't real, we'll lose that audience. And so mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that audience. I want to keep my core audience. I don't care about growing it any bigger. Oh, that's everything, dude. And I think that, you know, with with this question, it's like the growth, every business is going to go through a period of growth. It's like, well, how did you grow? You know, and it, it does matter, you know, and, and it matters the decisions you make uh, to, to acquire this growth and whether it's financially or whether it's just your audience or your influence, um, you know, what, what you have to stay true to your core values and, and whatever the core values are that you create going into the business in, uh, you want that it to be a reflection of that, even if it's on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I have a, I have a little bit more, you know, patience, I think for, you know, people that do this because one, it's, it's really hard to do. I mean, the boys are saying some stuff right now that I think is true and it's true to mind pump and it's very important to us, but not everybody has that luxury, dude. Not everybody was 35 to 38 years old, have established businesses already, have kind of been successful and then had the ability to start a podcast or a business, you know, viewing their opinions and and putting their stuff out there and being able to do what we've done without tying ourselves to a big company to help fund us. I mean, that's tough to do. And and very, very few people are even in a position to do that. I mean, you might have somebody out there who, you know, is a, uh, you know, fitness personality that you absolutely love. They've got great personality. They got great information. They give lots of good content out there and they end up having to sign with a, and I say having to, because you don't ever have to do anything, but they end up signing with, let's say a big, you know, nutrition or a big supplement company. Let's use like someone like Cellucor, who we were in, uh, we were in uh, conversation with for a while there. And it's like the same thing that we battle with. Now we have the luxury to, uh, to have refused them. And a big reason why we did wasn't because, you know, all of their, their supplements they sell, uh, you know, there's a bunch on there that we just don't agree with. It's not just because of that. It's because we also knew that we would have to change our message and, and that we would have to, you know, kind of dance around that. And we, we have no, I don't plan to do that at all, but I could totally see working with a company like that, that if they have some products that I, I use and I stand behind and I think are great and beneficial, but maybe they have things that I'm not, and that, and that when you're merging two businesses or two companies, it's really difficult to, find another marriage that is just is absolutely perfect identical right? to yeah, yours identical yeah. to your views and in this in it's not as it's not as simple and not like marriage is simple but it's not as simple as just finding one partner and because in this business you know most people have to affiliate with two three four five multiple different companies mm-hmm. that you're trying to trying to align as many values and views with yours as possible so you guys can grow together and there's nothing conflicting but in reality that's really tough to do, you know, like for another example, like we just, uh, we just recently shot a uh, series. We were hired by the Kettle- Kettlebell Kings and we did a video series for them. We're a company that we absolutely love their kettlebells. I think they're the best ones out on the market. 
that was a cool little relationship. But I don't know the CEO personally. I don't know, you know what stuff they're into. And like, you know, are you going to are you going to, you know, write me off as a as a, you know, podcaster because you find out that the CEO is, you know, into something really weird or something that's totally you're totally against or has political views that are different than than yours or mine. Like, fuck, man, that's almost impossible to find a, a, a company or another person like that, that uh, all their values align with you. I think yeah. how they deliver that message is important, too, because I think we I really think that we could have if we really wanted to, we could have aligned with Cellucor. Because they do have some products, they do have some things that we've all utilized and we did like, and I felt like they were there. They are planning in this year. They are they're going in the direction. I know they created another line where they're using all natural stuff and no artificial sweeteners and dyes, and so they're they're, they're going the direction of the market. Although they have a bunch of stuff that they carry that is you know different than what we agree or talk about. I still think we could have worked out a relationship where. Yeah, there's things that we talk about and we promote and we would promote on the show, but then there's other things that we just don't that because that that's the that's part they built their business and mm-hmm. I can't say, you know what I'm saying? You know where I'm going with this? Like I don't yeah. think that it's fair to to really write somebody off because of that. Now, if they really and you said sell your soul, so I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. If sell your souls means you I go, I mean, if they signed up with shreds, yeah, exactly, or some multi, some MLM company, you know, what I'm saying if you're all of a sudden. You know, you were this fitness celebrity and then you'll start going like, oh, it was because I took this supplement why I'm completely shredded and you start marketing and pushing like that. Well, that's a different story. You know, it's a, I think it's selling your soul just if you go against your your core yeah. value. You know what I mean? If you uh, do a 180 from what you're you're talking about. Exactly. There you go. The problem with the problem with fitness is so much of the information out there is, is bullshit. So much of it is driven by false uh, science or no science, pseudoscience. So much of it is is you know driven to make people feel bad about themselves, and you know that's why you got to buy our product, and we're going to promote this particular way of eating because we know that it, it you know it's going to make you buy more of our supplements, or you know again you know like the character I used uh, the example I used earlier, you know telling people they need to consume you know if you're a 150 pound female you need to eat 300 grams of protein a day. Oh, oh, and you know, you know what'll make it easier? You know, five scoops or six scoops of my, you know, super jizz protein or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> like that's <laughs> sounds yummy. That's that's <laughs> delicious. That's the kind of shit that's that you know that you, you got to be careful for. But as companies grow, um, flavor. As companies grow, they doesn't mean that they're necessarily selling out. It just means that they're growing. I think sometimes we get so we fall so in love with our. The smallness of the peep of the you know the the indie uh, you know the indie band or the small you know TV show that nobody knows about or the yeah. you know the 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 food the little restaurant that nobody knows about and it's in the corner next thing you know there's there's fifteen of them yeah, and now it's, it's mainstream you get detached all of a sudden yeah now it's like oh you know and I think sometimes things do lose their charm you know with that um, but you know in our in our case I'll say um, that is the priority the priority of our of our of Mind Pump is to remain true to who we are but i'm going to be honest with you we want to grow who we are isn't stagnant either you know what i mean my my opinions on nutrition um uh, have changed um in some cases very subtly in other cases kind of big since we first started mind pump i used to recommend speaking personally i used to tell people to make their own pre-workout supplements and how to add particular amino acids and mix them together i don't even recommend people do that anymore i mean that's a big difference we used to put it we even had on our site 
Which that, be, which that being said, you, I think that flexibility that we give ourselves to grow and evolve. You have to. I think you should be able to give that same flexibility to a company. So, you know, part of what really intrigued us, like when we were going through negotiation with Cellucor way back when, and I'm just, by the way, I'm using them as an example. We have no intentions of doing anything with Cellucor no, whatsoever. We haven't, we haven't talked to them in forever. I, yeah. So I just wanted to use them as an example of you know, a situation like this, you know, part of what really intrigued us was we had found out that this coming year that they were going to be moving this whole new, they're creating a whole new line and they were going to be going in the direction of like this all natural. And they were looking to get into, into stores like, you know, Target and Whole Foods and like, you know, mainstream market and going towards the health direction. And that really intrigued us. And they didn't, they didn't say that they were going to get rid of their other line, that they're selling pre-workouts and, you know, freaking muscle recovery stuff. And, and test 5,000. Yeah, and test stuff. Like, we, we don't care about that. We were, inter- we, we were interested in the direction they were going, and we could see ourselves attaching ourselves to that and, and promoting it and talking about that, and we could have worked out a great relationship. So, mm-hmm. you know, whoever you're talking about right now, I mean, I don't know if I would completely write them off because just because they – signed with a, a fitness product it's about how they deliver that message i think that i think you can keep your integrity still and align with people there's a i do business with a lot of people and there's a lot of people i do business with i don't totally like you know so there's ways to do yeah. that where there's certain things that you guys see within each other that you respect and just because they don't do everything the same way or have all the same exact views as you do doesn't mean that you can't do good business and do good for people Bearded, tatted fitness engineer. Well, what are your thoughts on insect-derived protein supplements? I I have yet to try. Very any. interesting. You did, I, I'm you very. Try I'm intrigued by it. I actually. had a little bit of a bar. I yeah, think it was the, the cricket protein yeah, we bar. Had, yeah, we, we tried that, didn't we? Yeah, I thought it was pretty bomb. Actually, uh, no, yeah. it tasted. If I had no idea, it had insects in it. it tasted amazing. Um, it was a little high in sugar, but it tasted good. Right. Here's the thing with with insects. You know, they talk about this being the future of feeding the world because. You know, they require less water. They can be obviously organic. They're insects. Most of the shit you spray on plants is to kill insects. There's a gajillion yeah. of them. You don't need to spray insects with anything, right? So it can be done organically. They can be grown on waste products from other things like manure. They use less water. So it's, it's better, you know, uh, for the environment. Um, it's cheaper. They're, they're nutrient dense. Um, you know, the other aspect of it is the animal lovers uh, usually don't have a problem with <laughs> insects being, you know, raised and killed. Yeah. Obviously, insects are not as cute um, right. as, yeah. uh, you know, furry animals. They're ugly little bastards. Um, I, I have no problem with it at all. Um, I just ha- I have yet to use uh, them on a consistent basis. But if it's, co- it's good protein, it's better for the environment. It's probably cheaper. Uh, it's got good health benefits. Who cares, man? Go for it. You know what I mean? You're, it's yeah. processed anyway. It's processed powder anyway. It's not like you're eating the actual, you know, it's not like I'm taking a live cricket and eating it because that'd be difficult. It's powder. You're not going to know the yeah, difference. Yeah, it sounds a lot grosser than what it really is. You can't tell a difference, no, you know? Yeah. You don't know. Yeah, it's no. Not it's not like you got beady little eyes you're biting into. You know? I do think that's the, the, the drawback of it, though. I, I think it does take quite a bit of sugar to... Um, Give it some sort of flavor or taste, right? Does it yeah, to distract you from I don't, the fact you're eating insects? I don't know. I think because we tried the bar. Excuse me, the bar. I'm going through puberty right now. <laughs> the, the, no the, way, man. We're going. We, we tried the bar, 
But I think bars need more shit to make them more palatable. You know yeah, I mean? right. If it was yeah. like a whey, a whey shake or yeah. something, or not whey wouldn't be whey, no. you know. But if it was like a, a protein, protein shake, well, they grind yeah. it down so it's just like a powder. So I mean, you don't even know. Yeah, really. What happens if you like take a scoop out and there's like a? I wouldn't mind trying. Like a there's a nice little. There's insects leg. in my insect powder. Start hearing I would cricket love noises if, like. If we have a company that actually does this, I would love for them to send some. I would love to try a, a powdered shake version of that. I'd be interested just It'd to try it out. So. Yeah. You so, know what's funny too? Hit, hit up Doug at. Uh, uh, admin at mindpumpmedia.com. Yeah, send us some, some insect powder. You know what's interesting about this too, I'm thinking, uh, there's a lot of food intolerance issues with uh, different kinds of proteins, in particular yeah. dairy proteins. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there is if there isn't as many uh, um, intolerance issues with insect protein, my well, guess I have would be- tarantula intolerance. So. Yeah. yeah. My, <laughs> that shit does not sit well. My guess is not. My guess is no. My guess is we probably have less intolerance issues to insect proteins than we do- Oh, I would guess the same thing yeah, too. Yeah, to other proteins. Because, uh, I mean, humans evolved eating the fuck out of insects. Yeah. I mean, it's easy food right there. And there's a lot of cultures that still do it. Well, not to mention a lot of times when people have issues with like, uh, you know, lactose or you have certain issues with, uh, you know, meat and things like that, how your body, it, a lot of it has to do with how that animal was raised and where what it was feeding on and things like that, where insects are, like you said, the minimal what they're consuming. God, you know, I'm thinking about that. Yeah. I wonder if it would be a great protein source for people with food intolerance issues. Yeah, I, I bet, bet it would. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I, that would be it my guess. Sense. I mean, obviously it's not, we have nothing to prove that. So maybe we have to start with somebody I mean, letting us no try. There's no gluten maybe, there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thick Chris, what are the signs that some foods don't agree with you? Mm. Well, there's the obvious ones. The uh, shits right afterwards. Yeah. That's normal. <laughs> That's, that's right. It's normally a good red I flag. I throw right? up. Yeah, yeah, you take a shit. Yeah. You, fr- you throw it up. Hurts. Um, the body. How how long, Sal? Uh, you know, does it typically take? I mean, it's pretty instantaneous within the first few hours. I would think after you. Those are the obvious symptoms. I'll just say the obvious symptoms are the one you notice right away: bloating, yeah. gas, burping, heartburn. Those are immediate signs that the food you're eating is you shouldn't probably be eating, even if it's a healthy food. By the way. Um, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, the n- nightshade vegetables, if I have a lot of them, especially if they're raw, like if I eat a lot of bell peppers, um, it'll cause uh, digestive issues with me. Bell peppers are healthy as hell, but that doesn't mean I that they're them. that they're good for me. So that's the thing you want to you want to keep in mind. It doesn't ma- it doesn't necessarily mean if a food is quote unquote healthy doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. Now the less common signals or the less obvious signals, I should say, are the ones that happen later on, and some of these take time. You know, like I can eat gluten-containing foods and I won't have a, a, a reaction or an issue right away, typically. Sometimes it takes me, you know, three, four days of eating them on a consistent basis. Like if I'm on vacation and it's, you know, three, four days of eating a little bit of, you know, bread or whatever every single day, then I'll start to notice things like a little bit more stiffness in my joints. Um, I'll notice that... Uh, my skin, I might, you know, break out a little bit um, on my shoulders or my back. Um, other people may notice uh, other skin issues, other autoimmune flare-ups, other digestive issues, mood changes. It's a tough process to identify all these subtle signals because they're not immediate. And really the only way to, to identify them is to eliminate common intolerances for a long time, for like a month, mm. and then introduce one at a time mm-hmm. and wait a week with it being introduced to see if you notice anything. Everybody I, I, should do that. I Yeah, I find it, um, I, I don't know, I find it pretty obvious, you know, when you're looking for it. 
I think when you're not looking for signs, yeah. when you're consuming food, it could easily you could easily just not even think about it, and you'd be like, "Oh, that was totally fine." But okay, so for example, this weekend, uh, we we ce- I celebrated Katrina and I celebrated our birthdays with our our good friends. Came into town and back to back days, I had birthday cake, and I totally totally indulged. And I remember like afterwards, like after I had these two big old pieces, and I remember like constantly like taking these big swallows and burping and feeling like I have a bubble in my stomach. And, you know, once I got beyond that and passed, like, yeah, two, three hours later, I didn't really notice any other signs of inflammation or anything like that. But just even the process of it digesting and going down, you could tell my body was just like, it just didn't agree all the way with it. Did it, did I get it down? Absolutely. Did I notice any crazy things that kept me moving for the rest of the day or, you know, made me throw up or the, sh- no, I didn't do any of that crap. But man, I could totally tell a difference when I was putting something like that in my body versus eating something that was really full nutrient dense and clean and lean. Like I swear that food, my body, I take it in, breaks it down. I don't feel like it's sitting in my stomach. I don't, I'm not burping and farting like crazy right afterwards. I don't feel like I have bubbles in my stomach. Those, I think those signs are pretty immediate right afterwards when you consume foods like this. You know, bloat is a big one that people ignore. Yeah. I, I know, especially women. I have a, I've had so many female clients that just accept bloat as this is just part of Go me. Go through some hormone thing. No, not even that. Just this oh. is the way it is. Like after eight meals, I get bloated. Yeah. Um, that is not normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. you identify what's going on. You should not get, you know, the whole pregnant belly feeling after eating a meal. And if you do eat a meal and you identify that certain types of foods do that to you, that's not a good sign. You should avoid eating those foods. So bloat is a big one because people tend to like accept that as like not a, not a big deal. Here's another one like uh, water weight gain. If you notice after eating certain meals that the next day you gain two or three pounds of water and it's gone the following day if you don't eat those things, if something's making you retain that much water, it's probably not a good idea either. Um, but like skin is one, hair, nails, uh, mood, sleep. Sleep, yeah. sleep is another one. Um, you know how how stiff your joints feel. Um, all these are all signs. And, exactly. And the process. Yeah, these are all signs that you want to pay attention to. I, uh, you know, one for me, like I said, with the gluten is I'll break out a little bit and like they're a little bit on my shoulders and my back, and it's always whenever I eat bread. And it's after about two or three days of eating bread on a regular basis. I don't have to over, or I'm not eating a ton of it. It's just if I have some two, three days in a row, sure enough, that's going to happen. Well, I think learning to look at the signs too of when you're eating good foods, like how good you feel is connecting those, you know, because we've talked about this before too. When somebody who eats shitty all the time, they don't realize that they don't feel good because they don't know what it's like to feel really good from eating really good, clean foods on a regular basis. And I hate using the term clean, but I I, I, fuck, it's real. You know what I'm saying? Like there's clean, good foods for you and there's shittier sources. Nutrient dense. Yeah, there's shittier sources of food. And when you're choosing those good sources, I mean, this is a lot of what um, promoted the, the special that we're running all month long in November is, you know, we noticed that a lot of people that were getting the bundles and the uh, programs we're skipping out on the nutrition guide and the fasting guide, and it's something that we heavily recommend. So all month long, we said, listen, if anybody picks up any bundle, so if you buy any of our program bundles, you have a choice of any guide absolutely for free. So you can pick the nutrition guide up, which breaks down all these different food categories. So you know, like, these are the type of foods that you should be choosing to eat on a regular basis. And there's a huge variety. There's a grocery list in there to give you an idea of you know, how you should be grocery shopping. There's also a macro counter in there so you can put in all your information as far as your your weight and what your goals are and it'll spit off, 
you know, where you should be calorie wise and macronutrient wise, you know, then you start following a, a good plan like this of what your body needs and pay attention to this, how you feel, pay attention to your sleep, pay attention to all the good signs and then start connecting that when you go off because it's inevitable, right? We're all human. We're all going to have a birthday. We're all going to have a rough day. We're all going to have a time where you fall off and you're not eating these ideal foods for you all the time. So yeah. pay attention, pay attention. Well, also when you're tracking and going through that process of understanding, it's not that the amount that you've calculated is the final answer, right? That's not the one, like you have to evaluate how you feel as far as like when you go through that process and keep that in mind the to go back, readjust, and you'll find, you'll find that balance that really works well with your lifestyle and like how you plan out your meals and everything else. Yeah. yeah. I, I want people to understand like, you know, um, autoimmune symptoms can be very mild. They can be, you know, just a little bit more allergies. That's another one that people don't pay attention to, that their diet can make them more sensitive to uh-huh. environmental allergies or, you know, someone might be more prone to getting no, high. No, that's a great point. I mean, like my psoriasis, I, it's a huge difference uh, when I'm when I'm off like that. And it just, it flares up worse. Like I have psoriasis year round, no matter what. And I notice when I'm eating really good and, and I'm not falling off, like I'm really, my, my psoriasis stays suppressed. It stays down the moment I like from the cake. I mean, I'm bad right now. I'm all flared up. See, I would challenge you to staying away from all food. Cause here's the thing, especially with a larger autoimmune issue like psoriasis, cause that's more of a, that's a stronger autoimmune reaction. You've actually been diagnosed now with an autoimmune uh, disease. You know, I'm talking about like the the more mild ones. Like, I get I'll get hives after a hot shower. I hear some people saying that, or mm. my, I, you know, more alert. I, I sneeze more. Those are mild signs. But the bigger ones, like you're talking about, Adam, I would challenge you to avoid all. I mean, you have to completely avoid them. You can't even to have a, a smidge of them. Completely avoid them for a long time. For that, for immune system to reset. Because- well, that's how I. That's how I know it's affected because that's what happened. Was it? It took a. It took, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. It took months of avoiding sugar. It's when, and that's what that was. One of the biggest things I noticed yeah. from the ketogenic diet was, you know, it was very eye opening for me that those foods, even in the, even the most subtle amount inside my diet, would keep would keep it mm-hmm. from flaring up. You know, so if I if I at all introduced it then my psoriasis would stay up. But it took a consistent amount of time of staying away from the sugars and processed foods. Then I noticed it started to suppress, but it takes time. You know, yeah. it's not an overnight and you, thing. And you so. want to keep in mind, like autoimmune means your immune system is attacking itself. And that is the biggest, uh, one of the biggest health um, risks that we're looking, we're, we're seeing now in modern times. It is, they're uncurable uh, by, by Western medicine um, standards. Um, and uh, they can, they can progress into horrible things when you have symptoms of autoimmune issues here and there, that means your immune system is not functioning properly and your immune system, uh, it has, I mean, it's, it's, it's got the key to long life or very short life. So it's something you definitely want to pay attention to, even if the signs are small, happy, healthy, and free. How often should you test your PR? Uh, I test my PR. Typically, I might test it at the end of a mm-hmm. of a strength phase that usually lasts about three weeks, three four weeks. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm if I'm in like right now, I just started Maps Anabolic um, Phase One, which by the way, I haven't done Phase One Anabolic in a long time. Oh, I forget how fucking awesome it feels. <laughs> um, so I'll probably test my PRs at the at the end of the third week, but. Should you test your PRs? Uh, I mean, 
if you want to kind of see, but you don't have to necessarily test them. You can see if you're getting stronger without yeah, I, maxing out. I went years and yeah. years without ever testing my PR. In yeah. fact, I didn't really even get into testing my PR that much until actually the three of us all got together because then it became competitive and trying to chase Sal and the, the deadlift and Justin with the squat and bench press. Like, so for me, I didn't even really pay attention to that for a very, very long time. And for me, it, it really came down to this. Like, I'm, I'm not competing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can see progress in my in my body, the way it looks, the the weight that I am moving, um, how I'm moving the weight. I mean, you can definitely see if you're gaining strength, gaining muscle uh, visibly and through your workouts without ever testing a PR. So it is not necessary to do that whatsoever. In fact, originally I used to be anti all that because I felt like there was uh, this whole and I really feel like CrossFit did a lot of this because CrossFit is so heavy into maxes and PR and doing that. So I, of course, took the uh, the opposite side, which is I think that's ridiculous, you know, unless you're competing and you need to know, you know, what and you're, in, you know, competing for a... Well, and you're weightlifting competing. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, you're, you're not, you're, not just like for a sport. Yeah, exactly. That's the only time it really... Really, really matters because you're going. Your 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 placing is dictated based well, see, off of your PR. Well, Otherwise, see, that's what I mean with the PR. Like, you don't have to max out. Like, let me yeah. give an example. If I did, like a projected, yeah. Like if I did, if I did four reps with uh, a squat with let's say two seventy five at a certain intensity, uh, and I maintain that, so I stop two reps short of failure. Mm-hmm. And next week. I did it. I did 285 for four reps, but I kept the same intensity. I still didn't go to failure. I didn't max out, but I got stronger. So I, I can see that I'm stronger. Yeah. So you know you don't necessarily need to. Yeah. Technically, like, that's a you PR. You can pay attention. Right. To that's a PR. Yeah. That's technically yeah. a PR. PR stands for per- personal record. I guess yeah. we should have made that clear in case somebody yeah. who's listening doesn't know what PR stands for. It stands yeah. for a personal record. Typically, people though think of that as a single rep like, and maxing out, yeah, like ma- going all out. Yes, and that's the reason why I think I I well, spoke out against it so much because it's not necessary right. for great programming to see great results. You do not have to do a PR. No, and there's still a place for it. I mean, as far as assessments go, like in my my opinion, like with with certain sports that uh, will will demand a lot of force, and you know at that particular moment. So it's a nice tool that you can have to see, um, you know, what effect you had in the weight room and and how efficient you are with your lifts as far as the skill is concerned. But um, making sure that that's like, we didn't do that until the very end of our entire off-season workout program. Yeah. Just just to be clear. And that's something that we utilize more than the average person because a lot of what we do, a lot of times we're testing our programming. Like we we design a program and then we say, you know, hey, let's modify this or tweak this and then let's look back at it. So that's part of our job. Part of our job uh, in providing you guys with solid content all the time is to be testing and tweaking and doing Uh those things so you don't have to Um, you know our job our job is to put out a program that if you follow this fucking program you're going to be hitting pr you will keep going forward you will be progressing and part of us making sure that would is kind of testing that on ourselves and you know manipulating different things and so i would think that you know the whole testing your pr is a little bit more important for ourselves to provide something for you guys that's that you guys can rely on that's going to continue to progress you through your program. But unless you're a high-level athlete like Justin saying, or somebody who is com- competing in a, in a powerlifting, it is absolutely not necessary whatsoever. In fact, I wouldn't have anybody who's not advanced, you know, constantly. And test this parents. is where yep. I'm going. This is where I'm going with 100%. this. Is I 100 think that 
you have to weigh the risk versus reward here. Um, and I, and I'm guilty of this. You know, when you, when you start chasing this PR number, especially when you're doing like a single rep max and you're so caught up in trying to move up another five or 10 pounds at the, the risk of possibly being off or having an imbalance or a deviation and you're trying to push through that, the risk of injury becomes yeah, much, much greater. And then you're set back now. Now, now you're you're not progressing anymore, right? Because you now you have to fix this issue that you just hurt. And 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 I feel very strongly about this because I've fucking done this to myself mul- multiple times. So I'm I'm speaking like this for not sure. because I'm pointing the finger at others and saying like, oh, he's an idiot for doing that or she's dumb for doing that. I'm saying I was an idiot. I've done this enough times to kn- and I know better. So I'm I'm trying to express that to you or those that are listening that. It is not necessary. The only time I've ever been hurt is because of this fact alone. Yeah. That, like I'm testing myself and it, I'm doing it at a time that, you know, really wasn't a time I should have been doing. No, that. what you want to consider is, regard. okay, you could be the most stable, have great form, but what will challenge your imbalances, however minute and small they are, is when you go to, when you're training to fatigue. Um, and that includes a max. So when I'm, if I have the smallest muscle imbalance, it doesn't really present itself when I'm doing my normal sets. But now that I'm going max out balls out, um, that small imbalance is going to become glaring. And that's what can cause the problems. And that's why PRing in that way, because like I said, you can go for a PR without going to failure. Um, uh, it makes a big difference. But if you go to failure, if you're going for that max, max, max lift, and you have any kind of a, an imbalance or issue with your movement, it's going to become glaring and your risk of injury become comes much higher. And that doesn't matter whether you do a single rep max or you do, you know, you're hammering things out to failure at 10 reps. When you get to that point with that fatigue, things break down. And especially with the one rep max, it's breaking down and you got a lot of weight on your back now. You know, now you're, now you're messing your squats off, but rather than having 200 pounds on your back, you got 300 pounds on your back. Not a good place to be, um, you know, when you're doing that. And I'll say the two times I've ever hurt myself, or the two ways I've ever hurt myself doing uh, lifting weights was with my either a a max rep one rep PR yeah or b when I'm going for high reps with a light weight and I get fatigued and my form breaks down towards the end of the set so it's really about going to failure so, and we always we typically advise against going to failure I'm glad you and s- it's true for that too I'm glad you said that because that this is a part of why we speak so much on this I know that uh, I've seen people recently talking about or referring like they're talking about us as far as you know talking about never going to failure never and like we're not saying that there's a place for all of that but as guys that have been training for so many years and so many people, you realize that, oh my God, like the risk versus reward on doing something like that. Sure, you might get like a smidge of more gains because you pushed that one time to failure versus going two, two reps short. But we're looking at the big picture, the the risk that they, that person could get set back because they have a slight imbalance. And then now they just aggravated something because they pushed that, that heavy of a weight when they didn't need to now sets them back. Whereas if they would have just kept going along and cutting themselves off two reps before failure, they would see a nice good progression that maybe took them a week a little bit longer to get there because mm-hmm. they didn't push their max plus, load. Plus, the, think about it this way. like When you're going to failure, right? Let's say you've, you're going 10 reps uh, standing shoulder press to failure. Up until eight rep eight, now you're getting fatigued, right? You're two reps short of failure. Let's say 10 reps is failure. The 10th rep is absolute failure. Your form is good. Now, think of that last rep usually, for the most part, the last rep is the ugliest rep because you're failing, right? 
what kind of signal, what kind of recruitment pattern are you are you reinforcing now in your body? You're reinforcing a bad recruitment pattern. So mm. you've taken, you might have increased the intensity a little bit and maybe get some benefits sometimes, by the way, not all the time, because you go to failure all the time and your results won't be as good. But let's say you throw it in every once in a while and you might squeeze out an extra 2%, you know, uh, benefit. It's a lot of, it's still not worth it because that last rep is shitty typically. And that last rep then is going to reinforce a bad recruitment pattern, which mm-hmm. then will carry on for the rest of your time. You're working out, whatever. Very few people know how to oh, go yeah. to failure correctly. Yeah. Very few people. Thank you. It's a, it's a big time skill. It is a, yeah. it is a major skill. And it's one that I think that if I still catch myself breaking down, because when you get so focused on getting the weight up and going to failure, the body is the body is just going to get the weight up and it will do it'll leverage itself any way possible mm-hmm. and we know already that leveraging yourself just to get a weight up is not mechanically safe most of the time so we understand this this is why we stress that and it's not to take away from somebody who's got a, a, a perfect form, understands how to go to failure, and you know intermittently puts that into their routine. That's awesome. Each one of us utilize that and do that too. But we, we like to speak to the majority. Yes. Right. Think about the two things you're asking upon your body, right? So number one, remain in perfect form. That's the first thing you're asking your body. But you're also asking it to move this fucking weight and, and move it now, and this is yeah. the and use up all your reserves to do it, right? So now you're asking two different things. One is perfect form. The other one is move the fucking weight at all costs. Well, I I'm, I hate to tell you this, but one one of those has to is gonna is gonna win. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's the you know go just fucking move the weight at all costs, your form goes down. If it's the you know form that takes precedence, then you're not gonna move it at all costs. You look, I'll tell you what, as a, as a trainer, I would see examples of this. All the time, without even going to failure, I'll have a client do a shoulder press, standing shoulder press. As they start to fatigue, you know what they start to do? They come up on their toes. Mm -hmm. Those of you personal trainers listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Why do you think your client is coming up on their toes at the top of a shoulder press when they start to fatigue? Because their body doesn't understand form. Your body understands movement. All it knows is- to go higher. That's it. All it knows is I'm trying to get this dumbbell high. And oh fuck, my elbow won't straighten, so I'm going to come up on my toes. Yep. My your body literally this counts is telling itself to do things to move that weight in the direction you're looking to move it. So yeah. if I'm going to failure on a deadlift or a squat or a bench press or a row or whatever, it's that's what it's takes a, it's precedence. It's a great point that you made though, because it's what are you teaching your body? You know, if, are you teaching your body that whenever you're under this kind of like extra demand of load and stress, are you going to go revert? to to old ways that you know are like these other systems that will just get you through that movement or, or are you like mastering the process of like how to move the weight and then seeing the limitation of that as far as okay if my form breaks it doesn't count exactly uh listen those programs uh that adam talked about earlier the bundles where we're giving away the nutrition guide and the, the fasting guide you can find those at mind pump media Dot com this entire month you can pick any guide with the enrollment of any bundle also don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review on itunes if we like your review and we pick it you'll get a free mind pump t-shirt also check us out on instagram at mind pump radio you can find me at mind pump style adam is at mind pump adam and justin's at mind pump justin thank you for listening to mind pump if your goal is to build and shape your body dramatically improve your health and energy and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic, 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.